Welcome to the A Show, the Al Albuquerque Show. My name is BK, this is the February 1st edition, uh, recording on the Tuesday, January 31st, 2017. How are you? Uh, Al Albuquerque, that's a real name, go look it up. He used to pitch for the uh, Detroit Tigers, he's a relief pitcher. He's been in the minor leagues the last couple of years or so. Um, I'm fresh back from the uh, New Mexico area. I, I flew to Albuquerque, then went to Santa Fe on a Sunday. Came back uh, Saturday, or rather, Sunday evening. Uh, went over there Saturday morning. Uh, it was exactly a 24-hour trip, unlike the 12-hour uh, San Francisco trip to weekends ago um i'll be honest i think i'm feeling the fatigue slash uh getting cold probably from the travels and it was super cold over there because it's uh new mexico if you haven't been that's a high desert so it's like a mountain plus a desert so you see snow on cactus like plant and then there's nothing there uh except the high altitude thin air a lot of mexican people and uh good food green chili Red chili and old people there. So um, I went with a friend uh, who's Iranian, by the way. I'll get to that topic in a little bit. Um, he didn't like it. I think he th- he thought it was okay. But the drive from Albuquerque to Santa Fe is the straightest one-hour drive ever on I-25 North. And uh, it, there's nothing. It's literally a desert. And then he said it felt like going from San Diego to Las Vegas, but worse. So we... To kill the time and the interest, I had to keep on like Backstreet Boys and Sync, uh, Linkin Park to keep us awake for a little bit <laughs> to go back and forth from Albuquerque and Santa Fe. I didn't mind the drive. I liked it actually. The road was pretty good on, on, all the way up to uh, Santa Fe. Um, it's 75 miles an hour and nobody really goes at 75 at times. People slow down at 70. I miss my car. Um, but, you know, I have a Last time I've been to New Mexico before. Last time it was uh, five years ago or so, just before I moved to Seattle, starting my job. So it was good to go back. I got the Starbucks mug, and and most importantly, I saw the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. Um, it's you know she's the most famous. Okay, I'll put it in a perspective. How many female painters do you know that are famous, and an American? Not that many. So. There you go, if you don't know. And then some of you might ask, isn't she the one who draws all the flowers, but flowers that look like vaginas? Yes, that's some people or many people's interpretation, but apparently she vehemently denies us that she's doing this on purpose or she's drawing them to look like vaginas. So there's that. I saw one that looked like a vagina, and then I, but I didn't really see it as, oh, it's a feminist message. No, because... Uh, Georgia O'Keeffe, uh, if you don't know, she's uh, famous for her uh, New York City drawings and then New Mexico and very abstract style of uh, nat- drawing of the nature and then the uh, her watercolor use. It's very interesting. And then she's doing what well, there was a line from Breaking Bad. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, there's like, a, you know, the what was it? Aaron Paul's character, Jesse Pinkman is like, I don't get it. Why is she drawing this uh, painting the same thing over and over again? And then she was, he was arguing with, uh, what's her face, uh, Kristen Ritter's character, Jane. And Jane was explaining, well, you know, sometimes you know, it, it, people draw different things every day or every other day. You know, you're in a different mood, you see it differently, interpretation changes. And, you know, what's wrong with doing, you know, doing the same thing over and over? And then she made an argument that she, if 
you know, people just do things once, then she wouldn't be sleeping with him more than once, which, you know, was just a zinger line. But anyways, uh, Georgia O'Keefe, she died in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and then apparently she had like a $70 million estate, uh, which I didn't know. And it's like, okay, an artist actually made money. So um, some people don't get her stuff but i just like it because it's very simple her colors are very actually very enjoyable unlike the philip guston one that i saw in san francisco with a lot of red there's a lot of anger and visceral thing in it but georgia o'keefe's case her her paintings are just relaxing for me so i'm just like happy looking at them and then new mexico especially like you know my friend didn't like it because of all the desert like empty atmosphere it's kind of spooky too. I, I call it mystical. You know, you feel that Native American air a little bit or the retirement air, which is, which is apparently worse than, oh, excuse me, Phoenix, Arizona. But I I have a, I don't know. I, I find that weird vibe interesting. You know, I don't, so maybe I'll retire in New Mexico, you know, the land of the libertarians. Gary Johnson, you know, the one that ran for the libertarian party. He was a governor there. And then, you know, there's a lot of land and acres. Val Kilmer, he, you know, the former Batman, he wanted to be a governor of New Mexico, but don't know what happened. Batman or Fat Man? Mm. But, um, yeah, her her museum was great. I think it was well worth $13. Um, her drawings are fascinating. But also, going back to the museum and her artwork a little bit, um, the museum actually showed her progression and her change in style over the years you know when she was studying in chicago and then teaching at the university of virginia you know when she was drawing a university fountain water over and over again and then she read one book from a guy in france i forgot the name and then i was like look the point of the painting the thing is everyone wants to make it look like a picture but you should really adapt your own style and you know show your own style and this is when Giorgio keeps said, fuck it i'm not drawing it just to make it look pretty i'm gonna and then clearly in her early days her in her charcoal pencil drawing, she had talent for the artistry. But, uh, you know, of course, many artists, they evolve in their style and then their method, you know. So you see that progression uh, for over the years, over five decades of the work uh, in her, in this museum, which was very fascinating. And then I like how uh, in the, in some of the paintings, she had the uh what was it the rough sketch of it uh mostly on a charcoal on paper um some had just like pen and paper which was interesting that was a later part of her life in their 70s uh in the 1970s when she drew so and then you know i i was also i think that's very interesting like some people think like artists they just like start painting drawing whatever especially abstract drawings and paintings like they just they just do it as it comes, right? Or whatever they see. But in her case, uh, her sketches had like lines and then, you know, she jotted down like what color she wanted to use, which I really never saw from an artist before. And then it and it's funny because I was also reading this uh, project management book that's the, that I borrowed from somebody making things happen. You know, it's like a lot of the project management, program management goes with planning and sketching and drawing and you know, trying to estimate, you know, although you miss your estimation a lot of times with the reality. So I found it very interesting that, like, look, even in arts, you do have a game plan before you go, you know, however you uh, map it out. And then you have your own methodology, you have your own style. And then, 
if it's good, it, the end product is good, it will be good, and then uh, you just like keep sticking to it. So I don't know. I saw some parallel, not just with art and her style, but I saw the parallel in her art and way you should approach, you know, any problem solving or project management of sort or anything in life. You know, if like plan ahead. Have a basic idea, go with it. But also, if you have your own style to go with it, you know, go with it as long as it's practical and acceptable. So, yeah, I don't know. That's also kind of my philosophy in managing projects or something. Gee, I didn't think I was going to talk about work. But anyway, so there is that. I don't stick to one methodology, Agile, Scrum, whatever. You know, extreme programming. I think waterfall. We're a little bit of everything. Same for same for Giorgio Keefe. Like you know what? I, I, it's abstract, but I use different colors. It's not just red. It's not just green. It's not just white. Yeah, I'll pick the white flowers, and then I'll pick the New York City line and all, and, you know, all that. But and you make a whole bunch of New Mexico photos or the road. But you know what? Like it varies. But my style is distinct. And it works. And she was rich. And her, if I remember right, her last painting got sold for like 140 million or something, which is ridiculous. So, anyways, so that happened. Uh, other parts of New Mexico, Albuquerque, the first day. Uh, I got to go to the Los Palos uh, Hermanos, the chicken store, uh, fried chicken place. This actual restaurant is called the Twisters, uh, and they did not have fried chicken. They only had burritos and burgers and all that. Now, a lot of Yelp reviewers go. Don't eat any food. It's garbage. You know, it's like McDonald's. Just take the picture and get out. You know what? I flew this far. And then, you know, this place was... It's not like Albuquerque, New Mexico is the you know most thriving place on, in the United States. So I said, you know what? What the hell? I'm here as a tourist. And I appreciate that they still kept the artwork up from the Breaking Bad. The Los Palos logo is still up. And they said, like, hey, this is where Walter White sat and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, cool. Nobody was there Saturday at 5. Apparently, nobody goes there. So, but either way, I, I was just like, you know what? I came this far. I get my pictures and videos and all that, and I'll eat the food. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help them because, uh, you know, people are going to be sad when, you know, people bitch about it on Yelp. It's like, food sucks. But just take your picture and go. Well, that place is not going to be there anymore. So, I'm going to contribute. And then, you know, they're doing their utmost and hard work anyway to keep the place up, right? So. Yeah, there's that. Uh, that was the only Breaking Bad tour I did, along with the George O'Keefe one. I didn't go to the Walter White's house or, you know, the car wash, any of that. I didn't have time to do it. But the Albuquerque downtown was empty as hell uh, Saturday night, so which sucked. Uh, there were a lot of homeless people. and But it kind of explained why the hotel and the flights were cheap to get there. So there's that. And then, uh, oh, by the way, Albuquerque uh, Airport is not called the airport. They call it a sunport. And then my friend thought it was a... It was a coziest, ghettoest, countryest looking airport. But I said, yeah, Salt Lake City it was kind of like this too. But Salt Lake City is getting a new airport. Eh. But, you know, I, I didn't mind it. I, I like the I like the weird, I like the bizarre land factor of the uh, New Mexico. And then um, I said, well, this is a this is a desert with the uh, altitude. So it's a little different. And but I like the drive. I, I you know, there was no one on the road. You know what? I, I I do see why libertarians love the place. They're like, nobody bothers me. There's so much land, so much acres, tens and hundreds of acres of land, or hectares even. But anyways, um, New Mexico was cool. Uh, but the my, the friend I went with, I guess, liked the experience of you know trying a new place, but at the same time was awfully distracted because of the uh, immigration ban or. Muslim ban, I call it. It's not an immigration ban. They're 
they're clearly just cherry picking certain countries. Uh, so yeah, that's a segue to the main thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, <coughs> uh, God, I think I'm really getting sick uh, from the Trump. Uh, but um, okay. Uh, I don't want to go over the all the details because you probably heard it by now already. But uh, let's uh, spark note this thing. So uh, Friday yeah, afternoon, evening, wherever you were, uh, Trump uh, did the. Uh, he's saying he didn't call it a ban, but he did on Twitter. And again, he's denying it. He's keep calling it extreme vetting. So they're gonna be limiting and very be very hard on uh, any uh, anyone with. The countries with majority Islam, like Iran, Iraq, Syria, Sudan, not the South Sudan, that's a new country, uh, Somalia, and you know, a couple others that I'm not remembering, um, you know, for the sake of safety of Americans. Uh, at the same time, gotta remember, 9-11 hijackers didn't come from any of those seven countries, like where, oh, Yemen was one of them, but... So none of the seven countries are the 9-11 hijackers. And second of all, how many terror attacks happened on this side of the border since 9-11? Oh, San Bernardino and Orlando club shooting. Okay, like before you get into it, yes, they're influenced by whatever IS and extreme, you know, extremism and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's not a coordinated terrorist attack. So let's get that straight. And also, San Bernardino, if you want to cherry pick that one, that dude and the lady are from Pakistan. So why the hell are you not, you know, extremely vetting people from Pakistan even more instead of Iran, which I don't understand. My friend is from Iran, who I went to the trip with, and a couple of other Iranian people too. Now you'd be like, yay, so you're picking Iran over Pakistan. No, I'm not doing that. I'm defending everybody, but I'm just trying to understand the logic. But then again, this is not a logical administration or logical policy. So whatever. And I don't understand this idea that this, that Trump's side of Americans have about Iran for some damn reason. I don't know. It's Mahmoud, like, what is the guy's name? The Mahmoudinejad, that was the last president before the new one came in. Um... That's a government that's fucking wrong. Like, rest of the Iranian people are... They love American culture and all that shit. They know. And then a lot of hardworking people are over here, too. Haven't you seen the Bravo show? The Sunsets of the Shah? Look what they did. They succeeded, right? Anyway, but... Just in general, you say Iranians, Persians, which is wrong. They're not called... I mean, yeah, the Persians, they speak Farsi. But how many Persian terrorists were there since 1980? Iran killed ISIS members and they have beef with Iraq and all that over the history of lifetime. So how many Iranian people have you heard wanted to do harm in the United States from the 90s through and on? I can't think of one. And the other countries that's on the list here. Syria, Iraq, Yemen. Okay, Yemen's a little weird always, but like Iraq and Syria. That was civil unrest and yes, whatever. Now Syria went off because I said Syria. Great. Stupid thing. Um, where's Saudi Arabia? There's where Bin Laden's from. Where's, I don't know, where's the other ones? Like Pakistan. I'm not saying ban the Pakistani people. No, don't. Like if, so it's he, 
this administration, it's not just Trump, it's the rest of the people too. They they wanted to ban initially the citizens of those countries and ones with, you know getting the visas. Now they included permanent residents, green card holders, and then dual citizens somehow. And then apparently Steve Bannon, I guess the chief of staff of this thing, the guy from Breitbart and Gold, Goldman Sachs and all that, said, well, no, we got to add the permanent residents too. And like, the fuck? Homeland Security people are like, okay, how are you going to do it? But okay, you said it. So they added it, and then the clusterfuck happened. 15 people, 20 people got you know, detained the first 23 hours or some shit. One lady who works as a doctor in Cleveland Hospital, a doctor, a medical doctor, got turned away because she was wearing a hijab. And then I'm sure all the border officers and TSA people, you know, who aren't the brightest people in the on this planet, you know, I we, there I said it, you know that I'm sure they had a field day with this either field day as in either, yes, Mr. President, we will execute the order and protect this country, or I was like, ah, what the fuck do you want me to do? And then like I'm sure those are the two kinds of people that were at the border for the last seven like seventy two hours or so. And then, yeah, and it, people protested and all that. And, you know, they, the, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, f- finally filed the emergency, you know, halt say on it. And then the judge in New York granted it. But, you know, and this, this thing went out of hand. And then I don't know what the hell the administration is exactly trying to do. And my guess is, yes, this is, they're like, no, 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 this is temporary, this is temporary, this is for the 90 days. Obama did it too, Obama did it. Obama did it for two people who are in Kentucky with suspicious activities. He kind of slowed down the, what is it, the expedited pr- you know, process for those that are translators in Iraq risking their fucking lives along with the American soldiers. And he only did it for like six months. That's more than 90 days. Yeah, but it was for two people and only Iraq. For the ones that are subject to the threat, not the entire fucking region, and then the one that has nothing to do with any other terrorist attacks. So there's that, and then there's, I think Bloomberg had a map. It's like here are the countries that Trump uh, banned or put more extreme bidding on it, and then the ones like what was it? I had a map here. Let's see again. Oh, jeez, I lost it. Great. Like he like the countries that he didn't ban were like. What was it? Saudi Arabia, who own a lot of assets in the U.S. For some reason, for some reason, they have a lot of gas money. That's why. And then Saudi, Egypt, Turkey. They didn't ban them. It's like Turkey is like fucking fluent as shit too. Egypt, you know, I guess Egypt's been always cool until they kicked out their, the Mubarak, the dictator there. But anyways, I don't want to ban anybody. That's stupid. And then another story I heard from Sydney Herald when this, you know, extreme bidding was going on was that this kid is an Australian citizen, uh, and the, but he who's from Iran. He got his travel visa denied because his parents are from Iran. Somehow the somehow somewhere the security people decided that this guy's a fucking risk because he's from Australia and he's happened to be have a Persian name. He cried. He was trying to come to a fucking science fair event in Florida. And then they eventually granted it to him and they say, yeah, 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 sorry. But the fact, whoever came to this fucking decision is ridiculous. And then the decision to generalize everybody the day we did 
that's ridiculous too. It's funny how they want to like they want to build a wall and then have a virtual wall of sort through this extreme vetting. And it's like we want to keep the country secure. You know how safe America has been since 9/11? Yeah, but Orlando, yeah, but San Bernardino, shut the fuck up, seriously. You have no idea how like fucking demeaning it is to go to the American embassy or consulate in other countries. You know, or even in a green card process. You know how embarrassing it is? They pat you down. I mean, yes, for the security and sake, I understand. But like, you know what you know what TV they turn on? Americans will never see it until unless they go to the actual embassy or concert. They play fucking Space Jam or some kids show. And I'm sure they're like, oh no no, if you bring kids, we want to keep the kids happy. Yeah, but you don't turn the fucking news on at these places because you some news might come up and you know, I don't know, people might riot or something. It's fucking demeaning. I feel so fucking demeaning every time I walk in the American consulate or embassy when I try to get a visa or get some shit done. I feel like I'm I already feel like, you know, I'm a second-class citizen coming in, you know? And then they, they're they doing this at the fucking airport even more. Yeah, I'm not even brown. I'm not even Middle Eastern. But I already feel this way. If I already feel this way, doing immigration process at times, how would these people feel, you know? And then reverse the situation. Say Iran where all these people in all these other countries are like, well... We're going to be extreme vetting Americans too, you know? Who knows which one's a drone pilot and shit, right? Killing our people, you know, executing orders. I like, I just want to see nice side of Oman or just like enjoy Egypt, you know? And see the pyramids. How would you feel? How would you feel? Or you're white or you're black. You're an American. You're an American soldier. Or your dad was an American, Okay. Now, Americans generally don't think that. Why why would you want to go to Egypt? Why would you want to go do that? But like, yeah, you know what? I'm trying to give you a perspective. So there is that. And this, and not just this keeping America safe. And then like, oh, you know, people are just experimenting. And then all the Somali refugees and stuff. You know, there are a lot of Somalian refugees are there, right? And then they're like, how the hell are you going to get it now? You're going to generalize all of us for 90 days. You know, kids will probably die. You know, or the families will break apart. But that's for the security of America. How many Somalian terrorists have we had in the last fucking 20 years? Jesus Christ. Can you get this through your head? And then bogging down the system. And then the system already weeds out some people already. You know? Yeah, San Bernardino. We forgot to check that. Like, the lady didn't fill out. Okay, so if you don't know. If you fill out the uh, travel visa or student visa or anything. They ask you. Do you have any sympathy for any of the uh, known, uh, you know, anti-American what is it? Sentiments. Obviously, everybody writes fucking no. Why would you say, yes, I kind of do, but I still want to come to America. You're a threat. So, you know, why would you have that box in the first place anyway? But America still vets, right? And then the NSA and all that. I'm sure. They're like Project Prism and all that shit that Snowden leaked. They know everything, but they somehow missed that San Bernardino lady's Facebook post for some reason. So there's that. Is that our fault? That's the system's fault. So let's extreme vet everybody for 90 days. I'm like, this is so inefficient and dumb. This is this is creating recruiting tool. Now, having said that, I'm gonna go to the other side of the coin. People protesting at the airport and stuff. Apparently, ESPN's Sage Steele got mad when she got back to Phoenix and was like, "I'm for the rights of a protest, but my God, I couldn't find my luggage for seven hours. Couldn't get out." And then people are having this hashtag like "Delete Uber" or something because of surcharge and like all that shit. 
come on. And then the Starbucks, some other people was like boycott Starbucks when they said they're going to hire 10,000 uh, you, you know, open 10,000 barista positions for the refugees. Can we stop with these stupid fucking protests, hashtagging everything? Like delete Uber. If okay, first of all, if you're if you think this event has led you to believe that Uber is immoral and they have some unethical business practices, you're an idiot already. I use Lyft. I don't use Uber for their shady tactic that they do, canceling rides, taking the entire university research lab, you know, their, you know, iffy legal positions with the contracts and all that shit around the world. Yeah, if you haven't caught that or and or Travis Kalanick's, you know, fucking fascination is with Ayn Rand and objectivism and all that shit. If you haven't caught up to that and then get with the real system and now you're deleting Uber just because of a fucking surcharge at the airport, you're an idiot. Now, the other protest, the, the other boycott, boycott Starbucks. 10,000 barista jobs for the refugees. Boycott Starbucks? Really? That's gonna make... Okay, first of all, that's not like the greatest job ever anyway. Like, did you want the barista job? Is that why you're boycotting? Why Why are you against the refugees? These people are refugees. There are refugees, not just from Syria and Iraq. They're refugees from Somalia. They're refugees from fucking El Salvador and other countries. Russia, UK. You're gonna turn away everybody and then a fucking barista job? I mean... You know, not I'm not knocking baristas, but like Starbucks, is that the best you can do? Like can't you give a corporate job to somebody? You know? Everybody's a barista for some reason. Or raise a damn pay. You know? I know you're doing school and education program and all that, but goddamn increase your minimum wage pay if you really care about people. Jesus Christ. And people boycotting boycotting Starbucks. I don't understand. Stop this online activism i don't get it i don't get it now the protest it's great that people got together and you know yelled and stuff luckily for me and my friend we didn't run into this at c-tech unlike the women's march last week and i'm for the people speaking volumes and stuff and you know what for the first time one of these protests worked out where aclu stepped up and took a legal action so great now I don't understand some of these signs that I saw. For example, this one lady had, if it weren't, because there is that, before I get into that, people say this is an immigration ban. If you keep saying shit like that, all the right side people are going to freak out. No, we're for the legal immigration. We're for the legal immigration. You know, it's the illegals. It's the illegals. So let's call it what it is. It's a Muslim ban. This was a Muslim ban. The, he didn't like ban immigration from fucking Canada. Unless you're a Syrian dual citizen, you know, he didn't ban immigration from UK. It's not an immigration ban. So I don't understand some of these signs going like, oh, if it weren't for immigration, Trump wouldn't have a wife. Uh, yes, he would have. He would have kidnapped one or he would have bought one and just found a way to put it, you know, bring her over. And then say, it's an investment visa. It's an investment visa. It's an investment visa from me to her. Okay. You know, whatever. So and then I, I'm. I'm for the protest, but, you know, I, I'm not necessarily, I don't get triggered by what, like, Sage Steele said. Like, I couldn't find my, you know, luggage and all that, blocking traffic for seven hours. Come on, man. I I feel for her, given that I'm traveling and all that, too. It's like, yes, I, 
I am for the peaceful prote- protest and all that, but my God, if you're gonna hog the fucking, uh, what is it, that that the luggage lane and all that, you know, or the traffic blocking the road, what good does it do? Why are you harming all of us? It brings you awareness. Yes, are we not aware already with stupid hashtags and social media that we know already? So. There is that. So don't get angry at her. Her job is to travel and go to NBA games. So, and then imagine the stress that she's going through. Instead of staying in your fucking safe space and thinking that you're saving everybody, you're not. You're fucking online. Like me. At least I'm speaking out honestly about it. You know? Don't get mad at her for it, but do reasonable protest, I would say. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But that, that, I, that's just the oddest feeling I had. Um, now, I said this is not an immigration ban. Yes, that was the weekend. Now, the next part, uh, another next step that Trump actually talked about, uh, and we didn't know what the fuck he was doing, was the uh, legal immigrants, not the illegals, with or the suspected terrorists. He is, Trump's administration is going to Modify the H-1B visa program, which is the uh, high school worker visa program, which is capped at 65,000 people a year. I, I'll be honest. Disclaimer. I came into... I started working here with, as an H-1B. No, I didn't do TN NAFTA visa through Canada. And then uh, now I'm a green card holder. There's a reason for it. I'm not going to get into it now. So I was one of those people. But uh, with the year I got, the quota was so low because the companies weren't hiring. It was a bad economic year. It took... It took months to fill up the quota, but then, you know, after the economy got better, you know, the the quota filled up in the first day or two. Um, so the process every year starts April 1st. Um, so the Trump administration is putting it in, not just, not just because it's the first 100 days, but, you know, it's it's for the 2017 quota requirement, uh, probably for the um, before the April 1st this year. Um, so... It has to be the skill. It's a high skill position. So generally, a lot of the IT, engineering, math, and science uh, positions are are um, leveraged this visa, especially people from countries like India, China, um, and other countries that produces a lot of IT, math, and science talent. Um, so India is obviously spooked by it, and the quota hasn't grown at all, which the Silicon Valley executives try to get. It's like you know, we have a lot of IT talent from, you know, people going to grad school or undergrad here in the United States. You know, there are a lot of foreign students everywhere. And, you know, they're talented programmers and uh, engineers. So why aren't you, why can't we get more? We're limited by this. Are you an American? If we had that many fucking Americans programming and breaking shit, like engineering shit and doing math and science, we wouldn't have this problem. And then people go, like, yeah, but they take, you know, they, one argument is like, they're taking lower salary, you know, to, you know, over the American kids. Um, Big companies don't do that. I'll be honest. Like Apple, Google, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, Qualcomm, all these guys, they pay the market price. They pay the market price for these kids and then the students coming in. Okay. I was paid a fair wage, so I'm good with it. So it's minimum $60,000 right now. But Trump wants to raise that uh, salary requirement to $100,000. I'm like, God damn, where is my $100,000? But obviously, you got to show that like they deserve $100,000. You know, 
make sure the American doesn't make it. By the way, sixty thousand is higher than the average salary uh, for an individual in America, right? And you know, and then I I, I tell people, you know, some people, some even legal uh, immigrant people, are like you know, a Mexican cannot do my job. You know what I say? An American cannot do my fucking job. Do you want to talk to someone across like three, four different time zones at times? Do you speak Korean? Do you speak Chinese? I mean, do you speak whatever Vietnamese or something? Like, the, those are the jobs that Americans are thriving and dying for. And then I'm taking their job. Go ahead, take my job, man. Take my job. And then gain 20 pounds more and see what the hell happens. You know? So, I, I don't understand this uh, immigrant immigrant blaming. This if this gets enacted more, this truly isn't, I wouldn't say an immigration ban, but an immigration limitation. Um, and who knows, you know, even with a Muslim ban, he's probably going to expand the countries if it starts small like this. And he's going to, he's going to, so, so far this is what's been happening. Uh, we had a Muslim ban and they're going to build a wall. And they're going to limit the work visas. And they're going to redo the NAFTA and all the trade deals. NAFTA also comes with a TN visa for Mexicans and Canadians. So imagine looking at these four possible changes. At least that's what Trump touted as a, what is it? The campaign, uh, wow, I can't think of a word. He's a campaign goal. I'm not surprised that he's executing all these. He's just doing his job. Excuse me, I got to seize a sec. All right, he's just doing his job. So my reaction has been as angry as I get. I told this to my friend too because he the entire time we're in New Mexico, he was just panicking. Like his friends all around the world asking, "What are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do now?" But I told him, "Like, dude, wail it out for the first forty-eight hours or so." But you knew, you knew that this was gonna happen when he gets into it. Yeah, but how did he get into it? Relax, like. We can argue about that, but arguing is not gonna help. So if I were in that position, God, I'm not being I'm not being pompous about it. I would tell I would you know give a re- you know be like it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, you know. And the traveling might be limited for me for a while, but you know what? It's gonna work itself out. ACLU came in and they held up the thing, you know. Like the legal system will work itself out and then it will be okay. We knew when he got elected, times will be turbulent, right? So just, I would tell people just keep looking out and inform each other and help each other understand at first. And then just relax, calm down, stop hashtagging, stop doing it. And then I, I cannot... I, I cannot go through the same arguments and see the same concerns over and over. I understand, but it's not going to help. It's not like Trump, like even if Trump gets impeached or something, the next people in the line, like Steve Bannon, Mike Pence, and all these idiots, not you know, they're not going to stop. So what are you going to do? So you got to keep talking, discussing, and all that. That's all we can do right now. You know, and then we're not citizens, so we can't vote either. I mean, it's like, then get out, get out of this country. It's like, yeah, we have a fucking job, okay? We have a life here. And these ignorant, ignorant Americans, some of them, they're like, you can just leave, you can just leave, right? It's like, yeah, like, it's that easy. 
Like, you try immigrating to another country. You try doing my job. You try going through the language barriers I went through. You try what it's like trying to make it in this country. You try what it's like back in my country where, like, it wasn't as good as here. Pay-wise, road-wise, political-wise, whatever. Go figure. Iranians, the ones that are here, they want to be here because they like the American culture. They love the Backstreet Boys. They love the Big Bang Theory. They dress like we do. They they have the same interests. They have the same swagger. Okay, don't be an ignorant fool and just say go back, go back. You know, and then live in that oppressive government that they got away from, like in Persia, like it was in Syria, like it's in China or wherever. And you know, that's all I can say. I I thought I was gonna be more. Constructive and organized about it, but god dang, I, I kind of lost it here too. Cause I, I guess I, I kind of bottled it down. I'll be honest, um, because I've been saving, you know, Trump ranting for a while. Uh, you know, I said after the inauguration, I'm sure we have a lot to talk about, and this is one of them. That motherfucker cost me money. I have a monetary damage. I'm gonna say it right now. When he opened his mouth during his press conference. Before the inauguration and said, pharmaceutical companies are getting away with murder. It's terrible. It's terrible. We got to control the cost. And he met with all the pharma executives. Every medical stock went down. I'm sure it's not just the idiot invest people investors, but the idiot investing algorithms, the fast trade algorithm just heard his one word, one term, and then just like it just triggered and flooded the fucking sell option and everything. And then the medical stocks tanked. Regardless, it's a pharmaceutical company, medical technology, or gene editing companies that I'm looking into. The next, you know, tech, DNA gene editing that would save lives. All of them tanked. I lost money. Yeah, but the market will recover, man. And then you're doing stock. You're, you're, you're the 1%. I'm not the 1%. I'm trying to get to the 1%. And this motherfuckers keep putting walls on top of it. Anyways, yes, the market will recover too. But the fact that I got to start from minus whatever... And have to get back up and be patient about it. When he makes all the money. When he doesn't pay all the taxes. That's fucking unfair. I think I deserve a say in that. So there's number one. Number two. He causes volatility. And then when the, he causes volatility. What's he going to do next time he opens his mouth. About like Facebook or Apple. Like, you know what we're going to build a wall. So make sure, the, make sure the iPhone jobs don't go to China. And then like. He says that it will swing. Some. Dumbass algorithm will swing. Some dumbass investors will panic and just pull the money. And then I'm going to suffer. And other people are going to suffer. And then, you know, even this immigration uh, Muslim ban. You know what it caused? It caused, you know, like anxiousness among investors about, Jesus, this is the start of the protectionism and then the trade war that we're probably going to have. Now all Iran and all, not just Iran, but like other countries that might get our goods are going to say, no, no, we're going to extreme vet all the American products from now on. All the consumer companies are going to suffer. Yeah, but they're the evil guys. Some countries have products that America doesn't have. America offers products that some countries don't have. That's why we have fucking trade. America doesn't make LCD t- or LED TV. Only countries that make this thing and have the technology is Korea, China, and Japan. You're going to tell me you're going to have an LED television like made in America with no infrastructure whatsoever? I'm just picking a TV as an example. You're going to tell me that you're going to have, I don't know, some 
you know, other fuck i can't think of other thing oil out of say like saudi no we're gonna dig oil out of here oh yeah and we're gonna have another standing rock right and then we're gonna go natural gas and all that great you know put holes all over america you know anyways so he cost me money and then i'm a little agitated today because under armor sang too but that that's not trump's doing that's a sport but he's gonna cause volatility i i i knew this was gonna happen you know you know there was like trump you know bump when he got elected and people like yeah no regulations this is gonna be fantastic this is gonna be fantastic oh that was a twenty thousand finally this is great but then i'm like look wait till all the other things fall when policies come in border tax what the fuck is a border tax everything will be made in america how is a car gonna be like priced safety belt is made in mexico or airbag is made in japan the door is made in canada how are you gonna fucking tax that and then sell it to a customer in America? How is this gonna work? How are you gonna import a car? How is a Mercedes that's built in Georgia or Alabama gonna be that's built in America but it's German product? How are you gonna tax that, Trump? We're gonna do it in America. We're gonna buy American. How are you gonna tax an iPhone now with with like an LED LCD display from? LG or Samsung. How are you going to do that? Do you see the oversimplification of, you know, the vision of America and the vision of the world that these people have? Not just Trump. I don't blame Trump. I blame the people around him that are not educating him right. And then who have the same idiot vision of what America should be. And what the world should be without thinking it through. This is where diversity comes in. The diversity of intelligence, diversity of you know, culture, views, food, language. Trump, you know, the only good thing is like, okay, Trump's a deal maker. He'll take it. He'll take it. But yeah, I I can't go on and on. But I'm gonna save that for, for the next dumbass action that comes up. But my God, I I kind of went off tangent a little bit. But that motherfucker cost me money, and I'm down some money, and I know I'm gonna recover. I know the gene editing technology will come along one day. If not, I'll sell it. You know, no no biggie, that happens, but I know I'm going to take a hit down the road. He says something about Boeing, he says something about Lockheed Martin, things goes up and down, up and down. Something happens in Europe, things will go up and down, up and down, and you're going to have gazillion Trumps like you do with Theresa May, or maybe in Italy, maybe in Netherlands. What's going to happen to the world's market? What's going to happen to the volatility? What's going to happen to the instability? Gorbachev last week said the world's heading to a war. I don't know, maybe he's right. It's been a hundred years since the, uh, you know, I don't know, half a dec- half a century since the last, you know, bad things happened, really. And then, you know, what was it? There, what, the, Gorbachev said that, and then, uh, that was, oh, God, what was it? I had one thing I was going to say. I don't remember. But, you know, first hundred days, it, you know, it's it's been one now. Ten days into the inauguration, and we're already into this. Uh, you know, and then... I'll say, you know, I'm going to, I try to keep it even, although I let it out now. But first hundred days, you know, that he's going to try to push a lot of things through. I don't think a lot of them are going to get done. You know, the Muslim ban thing happened. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, a lot of people are detained and a lot of people got turned away. But it will work itself out. I'm pretty confident in it. You know, it can't get as low as it did now. 
Oh, by the way, why why is uh why is he so bent over for Russia? Why is this administration so bent over for Russia? You know, everyone's saying he's a uh, Russia's puppet. I think he really is, and I don't understand why he's why he's so like against China and all that. Yeah, you know, China's the enemy now and all that. Why? Because they're not white, but. You know, did did Putin say he's gonna invade Slovenia and then kill Melania's family members if he doesn't follow through what, with what Russia does, or did Russia hack something good on Trump, and they're like, we're holding this as a hostage, like, they 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 found something like that's like a Panama Papers that embarrassed the Russian government, like they have something on Trump. Maybe that's why, maybe maybe that's why, but you know what, like. I don't understand. Some people go like, yeah, you know what? You got to have a good relationship with Russia. Well, you got to have a good relationship with China too. Now who's going to have all the influence in Asia with all the TPP deal going down? Jesus. And then imagine. Yeah, where, what are we going to do with all the imports that we have? All the clothes. We got to make it in America. Do you really want to pay $70 for a t-shirt? You know, with the wage we got? So we're going to keep all the wage down and do the shitty job? Is that what we're going to do? Do you want to take my job doing 12 hours, talking to random people, and then taking all the stress? Go ahead. Go ahead. But anyways, I don't want to repeat that point. So a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty. I'm going to continue to talk about it. I'm sure something will come up over the next week too, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to summarize it here. Number one, the Muslim ban. It's a Muslim ban. And then he's slowly picking away. You know, the immigrants coming in. Yes, it's an immigration ban. I hope, but I hope people don't say immigration ban now until he gets all his acts in, including the wallet and all that shit. Yeah, people talk about the wallet protest. Protest. Stop protesting and hashtagging stupid shit. Like, it's dumb. Go out and vote. Go out and write a letter. Elect or something. Protesting is good, but don't slow down the carriage luggage or some shit. Number three, take my job if you want. I don't give a shit. Like, you want to do it, you know, do my job, American? Go ahead. Go ahead. And then number five, I lost money because of this motherfucking idiot president opening his mouth. <laughs> so he cost me money. He's probably going to cost me more money. Sell everything now? No, that's a dumb move. That's a panic move. It's going to work itself out a few years from now. But the fact that I'm down pisses me off. And this is, and this is going to cause harm for a lot of people too. You don't see it, you'll see it. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, keep your eye out and all that shit. And then uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, mystical, cool. I like it. You should visit when you get a chance. Maybe go in the summer instead of winter, like I did the last couple times. Uh, anyway, that went a little long. The sound a little angry, raunchy. If I sound disoriented or unorganized, I'm sorry. I'm feeling a little sick. <laughs> feeling under the weather. I gotta go to New York this weekend. This is the next trip. Uh, gonna watch a Super Bowl from there. Oh, do I have a Super Bowl pick? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I plan on doing an offsode, uh, probably in regards to sports, MMA, uh, and all that shit. I will do it. I said I'll do it. I will do it. I just need to get to it. So, anyways, this one went a little long, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, leave a review on iTunes or po- uh, Podcatcher, whatever you use, Google Play Music, uh, SoundCloud, Facebook, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's it. And, uh, oh, happy belated uh, Chinese New Year. And I will check in on you next week or before the end of this week. You know, when I do the officer, I will see you around.